morning and welcome to Haven Tree Parent Podcast, where we get a chance to talk about something that's important to us and to you before our kids wake up. Today, you better be prepared for tears. Uh, we're going to be talking about the psychological and emotional impacts of childhood cancer on families. All right, so like you said, today we're going to talk about the emotional and social aspects of just the stress and things that come along with having to deal with the diagnosis of cancer in your family and how that, I don't know, has affected each of us and just the different aspects of amounts of stress that we have. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think, you know, the first really obvious thing to talk about is the fact that it's taken us, you know, two years and a couple months uh, since she was diagnosed to really be able to talk about this. Uh, and I expect, like I said, there'll still be tears, but, um, unfortunately there's been tears from one of us each episode. And, uh, <laughs> it's so atypical, like neither of us, I can probably count on one hand, the number of times I've seen you cry in our marriage. <laughs> right, like, right. and, uh, you know, I've, I am more prone to tears than that, but not by much. That's only because I cause it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not by much. Um, so we both tend to be pretty stoic when it comes to that. So um, right, we're usually like, let's figure out the problem. Let's not yeah, f- let's not feel yeah. that yet. Let's feel that after we decide. After we've come up with a solution, we can deal with the emotions. <laughs> right. But by then, they're lessened because we have the solution. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm cry for ten minutes. <laughs> So, but sometimes yeah. you want that good cry. I don't. Know. I don't. I hate crying. <laughs> I remember. I remember there was times when I wanted to, to just have a good cry, and I don't remember like how. To That's achieve so that. weird. So I think it is. People want. People need that. So uh, I guess it's healthy. That's it's healthy true. to cry. Um. So you know. So so I think that that is very relevant to point out, though, uh, as we t- as we enter this conversation, that it, you know, even being able to talk about it coherently, uh has taken two years for us, you right. know? Yeah, because technically we were supposed to start this whole podcast adventure uh, like two years ago. But, yeah. you know, we yeah. uh, are there now, so. Uh, so, you know, like talking about or thinking about crying and, you know, burbling un- incoherently. Uh, I recall shortly after Kenzie was diagnosed, I went and talked to like a counselor. because um, I was very pregnant, very stressed. And, you know, just... Uh, it was recommended by some of the oncology team and Josh. And so I went and talked to this, this counselor, God love her. Uh, she's the sweetest, you know, it's like a Christian counselor. And, uh, <laughs> I walked in and sat down and she was like, so what brings you in today? You know, like, let's get to know each other a little bit. And I just like sat and like sobbed. <laughs> like the first 20 minutes that I was there like I got like three sentences out maybe you know and it was just sort of like my daughter has cancer you know and and I just couldn't um I don't know like the emotions were so intense and overwhelming um (laughs) they like there was just nothing to nothing to say you know um and I don't think that I'm unique in that. Uh, I think that, you know, it is kind of something that is pretty typical for a lot of parents well, um, and I think, with cancer. No, I totally agree. I think that, you know, when we first had the diagnosis and like that first, you know, few months or whatever, it was very hard to talk about any aspect of it because it was yeah. just like, 
I think well, I remember I think I cried in the lobby with one of our friends that came to bring yeah. us a pizza uh, and you know just was like thanks for the pizza and exploded <laughs> uh, you know because it was just I don't know it was overwhelming it's yeah. overwhelming like she just she no... just gone through whatever procedure yeah. and it was like i was still emotional from that you know and probably had two hours of sleep yeah. or something um and so it was just it was a rough night yeah there's um, no words to really express you yeah. know what it is that well, you're and the word that feeling. i did keep coming up with that i would tell people i was like we're, we're broken by this yeah. you know it just it broke us because it was like as we said to be in the first um part of this episode or series um, it was unexpected. So it wasn't yeah. anything we were looking for. And yeah. then to have that happen, it just broke us. So yeah. that's the best way I've come found a word for it. Yeah. So, um, and you know, the same with like when she went back to get her port put in, um, that was a really hard day. I think more so for you than for me. Oh man. Yeah. That's probably um, the most emotional I've been in this whole course, you know, other than when people like want to access the port and fail and then uh, I want to, and then I have like anger at them. But <laughs> that's not emotional tears, but yeah, but it's still an emotion though. Anger is an emotion too. Um, <laughs> right. that day that was difficult, you know, as we took her back, did the whole like, um, pre-op surgery thing. And, uh, I don't know. I just remember them like when it was time to like say goodbye and then wheeling her back in there in that big bed, you know, and she just was so tiny. She was two and, you know, she had been fevering for days and it had been a rough couple of days. And, uh, you know, they wheeled her back away from us and the doors closed and it was hard, you yeah, know, yeah. It yeah, was... That, that was, that was, that was my broken moment for sure. Like yeah. I, I was already, like I said in the first one, um, what fighting the whole, like, this is her diagnosis. And like, well, I wanted to go, you know, just get me, give me the boot and we'll go get a, another look at this blood work. <laughs> and, uh, we'll try to figure out if that's actually what Josh was still firmly in denial. Yeah. I was still in denial. So like, just to see her like wheeled away and like going to knowing what they had explained for like probably two days at that point. Like, this is what's going to happen. We're going to put this port in. It connects to her heart or it goes under her aura. And, like, it'll just, like, let us access and give her medicines. And that's the best way to go versus mm-hmm. putting an IV in every time or some pick line thing. And just other medical stuff that you don't want to have to deal with with a two-year-old. Yeah. Um, so it was like, this is the best way for a kid to get all of their medicine and just not have a big issue of what, veins and IV work and all that. Yeah. Um, but it was still, like... She's going in for this, like basically a heart surgery, um, to have this port added into her little blood body. system. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like I didn't. Just the thought of like that level of surgery for her at two, it just it destroyed any sort of like stoicism yeah. that I had at the moment. <laughs> so um, I was totally in my own like I don't know. I don't know, fear moment yeah. of whatever, the, yeah. whatever that emotion was. I was just, I, I think I got like, somebody was trying to like, look, come this way. Follow me out to the waiting area. And I was like, I just want to go into this dark room over here. Yeah. And Josh, I'm just, I just need like 30 minutes to like yeah. try this out. Cause Josh like made a beeline for the bathroom. Thankfully I saw my friend with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just left. I was like, I can do nothing. I can talk yeah. to nobody. Like You're if like, I look at anybody in the face or now and anybody asks me, how am I? I'm going to just going to drop everything. Cause, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he just like made a beeline for the bathroom. Yeah. And, I think I like stood in the middle of the lobby and just cried because i was like i don't know where to go right now i don't want to leave because my daughter's in there i'm waiting for her but it was like i needed i needed a space just for me at that point where's those safe spaces people are talking about because i need one of those (laughs) um yeah please have that quickly available um so it was definitely that was the hardest day 
Yeah. Like I said, other than the days when people have messed up there have been other, accessing the port. Yeah, that they put there have in. been other difficult so. days. But that, I think, was one of the early, like, worst, most difficult days um, yeah, I think emotionally. It was, yeah, it yeah. Was like, I was like, at that level, I had to accept everything that was going on. Yeah, like, this is really real. Like, yeah. your, your kid really has this. We're really, you know, putting in this port. Um, this is really happening. Um, yeah. And then just to see, you know, like, her wheeled away and just feel so helpless and to you know, rely on the people that you can't see to take care of her while you can't be with her when she's so fragile. Mm-hmm. Well, I think she was um, asleep before she left. So it wasn't like we like separated and she was like crying. Well, for us. yeah. So they, uh, Kenzie <laughs> does not respond well to Versed, which is what they usually give when they take, take her back, uh, before she's asleep, asleep. And, uh, so she, <laughs> she was, um, angrily trying to stay awake and I just remember her little head and they were like it's okay just relax you know and she would not relax she was like angrily trying to stay sitting up sucking her thumb holding her monkey like I will not fall asleep uh you know and even that like then you feel badly about that too because it's like this you know like now she's confused and upset and I don't I don't want them to take her away from me right this second even though I understand right you know, that this needs to happen or whatever. Well, that's the other one of the things to talk about, you know, that we have on our list or whatever is just talk about like her own, uh, yeah. what, which an- is a an- whole... anxiety and stress that yeah. we can't even understand at this point. Cause she doesn't really understand it herself yeah. to be able to explain, like, I feel anxious or stressed. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know how she feels about these things. Yeah. We just have done our best. And Katie's done an amazing job, uh, with helping her face all of these medications and, you know, the doctor needs to, to just do this and just a very good job of explaining. And hopefully this, because not only you're just a nurse, but you're a good mom and just way <laughs> of explaining things to her. Because um, I, you know, with like I said, we follow other parent groups that have talked about what their kid not doing well with medicines or not doing well with uh, getting the poke and all that fun stuff that, you know, Kenzie has to face. We'll talk about that really specifically, though, in another podcast. We oh, can get sorry. way off topic with that. <laughs> I'm just saying Katie's done a very good job of helping Kenzie to process what's going to happen, explaining it outright and just saying like the doctor needs to do this to make sure you're going to get strong. Yeah. And I think that's something that is important to talk about related to that is that, you know, as parents, there are really strong emotions. Um, many parents report, um, symptoms of anxiety, depression, um, even symptoms that are very similar to PTSD, um, following a, following, a child's cancer diagnosis. Um, But in the midst of dealing with your own sort of psychological difficulties, you also have to be present and ready to address your child um, and be there um, to emotionally support your child. Um, And I think it's something that's really important and, and really difficult Uh, There are so many times I can think of, I think like after we had finished about the first year of treatment, um, where I just remember like driving to the hospital and just being like, I just don't want to do this anymore, you know? And uh, I I don't want to hold her down for access. I don't want to, you know, hold her while she cries today. Like I don't want to... hold the puke bucket while she inevitably pukes after chemo, you know, I don't want to do it. I'm just done, you know? Um, and, and you have to then kind of like suck all that back up and, 
you know, put a smile on your face when you're talking to your kid and, you know, say like, I know that it's out you for a second, but then we'll be done and it'll be great, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just be emotionally able to withstand, um, your kids' emotions, um, and sometimes feel like the bad guy, <laughs> you know, um, which sucks, you know, I mean, it's just so difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, right. No. And, uh, and I appreciate that you took on um, obviously a majority of that. I think I got to take her to the hospital a uh, total of maybe once by <laughs> once myself. Once or twice. Yeah. Um, so Katie definitely <laughs> has absorbed all of the, what the shock from each one of those days of just being there for every poke and everything that Kenzie has had to face. Yeah. And you know, I love you for that. Um, <laughs> Thanks. And doing all that because I know you were trying to keep my own emotional yeah. stress from, from I don't yeah. know, just being too ratched up. And that is that is a good point, too, you know, mm-hmm. that in a lot of ways, you know, part of my role in this dynamic has been to sort of be the buffer in some of that, you know, where I, you know, was in surgery while I was still in school. Um, that was where I did my role transitions, um, you know, because if I worked in a hospital, that's where I wanted to be. You know, and so I understood a lot of those things. I knew a lot of those risks. I understood that, you know, we had to sign the forms and the consents and do the, you know, whatever complications are potential and blah, 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 you know. And so I was familiar with that. And I knew that all of those things would be overwhelming. Uh, And so a lot of those things I did on my own, you know, because I knew that they would be um, overwhelming for you and unnecessary, you know? Um, and so, you know, I had to kind of balance like buffering some of those things and then also like keeping you in the loop about like the important things with big things or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, no. And I, I think <clears throat> what my role, at least when I would go, uh, and be there for the long, the long weekend stays yeah. or, you know, an, a, a quick evening check or whatever, um, that my role was just mostly like focus on what Kenzie was asking for and just needed. Yeah. And while you were talking to the doctors and nurses about right. what was going to happen next. And I was like the, what, take care of Kenzie, you know, yeah. Do or what give she, me a break for a second. Yeah. Do what she from, needs, run out to the yeah. car, grab whatever else we brought. Um, and you know, just be that extra hands on support for, for that moment, but not really deal with the doctor face to face conversation and what the next medical stuff was going to be. Cause that, that right. you understood that language and that was easier for you to process to me. Yeah. Um, versus give me. you the, give you yeah. the highlight reel and, and keep going. Right. Right. Which it was, was great. And I think it was good for Kenzie. Cause I think she, and this is something we can talk about probably later too. was just like when she would come home or when we stopped doing those three day weekends, like we saw a real need from her from like wanting to have just mom and dad time. And it was yeah. like, Oh, okay. She misses that yeah. uh, because we weren't doing high level dose chemo anymore. So we didn't have to stay there for, for every weekend. Yeah. Um, on the other aspect that I'll say we're sort of nicely providing both sides of this um, is that on those days that you would come home from a stressed day of, you know, getting multiple pokes because one didn't go in well or there yeah. was just, you know, whatever medical procedures needed to happen but didn't or weren't doing them quickly enough and taking your full day. Yeah. Um, I was here mentally preparing like for them to just come home stressed and tired and beat and just sort of like making sure things were out of the way and done. Yeah. So when they did get home, it wasn't like, Hey, welcome to this mess of like the life that is still going on here because <laughs> obviously the kids are still doing their school, doing their games and play. And so even though Kenzie was going through all of this treatment, they were still 
what we didn't want to change too much of their day for them yeah um and so things were still happening here regularly and so it was like i didn't want her to walk into whatever other arguments like you know somebody took broke my toy type of things yeah. it was like let mom just go and be yeah you know in a quiet space for her to get <laughs> regain regain whatever it was that you had expelled for the day yeah so, so one of the things that i kind of noticed and it took a while for me to be able to describe what I was experiencing. And actually it happened again when I had to take OB <laughs> for his uh, stitches to the emergency room. But, you know, because I worked really hard to be strong and optimistic and understanding when we were in the hospital, when we were in the midst of like whatever that like high pressure situation was for Kenzie, where I, you know, had to be the support. I had to be present. I had to be, you know, emotionally available to her then when we got home, when that was done, um, I had to take a little bit of time to sort of just like feel all of that myself almost, you know, like where I had to kind of just like, just keep it, keep it locked down for her sake until, until it was done, you know, but then it was like all of that, like adrenaline or like, emotion that I hadn't dealt with yet. Like it took a couple hours sometimes for me to just like come home and be like, I just need to like read a book or stare at a wall or, you know, like whatever. Um, and yeah. It, and that, and that was what, I, what, once I saw that probably after like the first yeah. two or three times, I was like, okay, I need to have a better plan on yeah. these days because this just day is like, when she comes home. We're going to have pizza yeah. or like yeah. SpaghettiOs out of a can <laughs> because mom, you know, may or may not be like sitting almost comatose staring at a wall for a couple right. hours, right. you know? Yeah. And then I'll catch up on my, my end of yeah. what I need emotionally later on. So yeah. yeah. And was, I struggled with that for, for a while, you know, because it was like, it, it felt frustrating that. Every time we came home from the hospital after one of those events, I just needed a little bit of time, you know, and, and I think that's totally normal. I think it makes a lot of sense, um, given the circumstances, but it definitely was hard for me to not feel guilty about that at first, you know? And so we had to kind of develop that rhythm of like, you know, you've been, or I've been emotionally strong for Kenzie. So now I need a little bit of time to just like take a bath and, have a glass of wine or read a book or, you know, throw some eggs at a tree or, you yeah, know, like yeah, whatever, uh, to just kind of like deal with the emotions that I haven't been able to address yet. But I do think that like, regardless, um, it is something that is important as parents to figure out how to, um, deal with those emotions, you know, and that I, is really why I went initially to, talk to that counselors because I was just like, there are so many emotions that like, I don't even want to let myself feel, you know, I'm afraid to, to really let this be real. Um, because I don't know, you know, where I'm going to land emotionally, (laughs) you know? And it was just like the, the, I don't know, like the overwhelmingness. Like I just was afraid that, you know, I would drown in it or something. Um, And so it is important, you know, as parents to not um, let those things get overwhelming. And it's, you know, easier said than done. Uh, You know, when you get, when you get news like that, 
that your kid has cancer and you have to do these things and whatever. Uh, so much easier said than done, you know? Um, but it is important, whether that's talking to a counselor or talking to a pastor, or talking to a friend or a family member that you trust. Um, it is something that is important um, and needs to happen. Or, you know, having a medication or whatever the case may be, um, taking care of yourself so that you're able to be there to take care of your kid is, is important. Um, well, and, and it's hard to do, right? um, but it's necessary. Yeah. And I think, you know, all the things that we've mentioned so far have definitely, you know, I think are giving a glimpse to that world of just the emotional aspect that comes in with all this. Um, I mean, obviously it's already emotional enough to just hear the words like your cancer, your kid has cancer. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, the siblings and the other kids definitely yes. have had to face different struggles as well. And yeah. we saw some of those at the beginning. Oh yeah. And it was hard because one of the first things I think while we sat in that initial weekend was just like, okay, well, we don't want this to affect everybody in the family for, but it's going to <laughs> but it's going to right uh we don't want it to affect what they have going on right now and we'll just sort of like plan away sort of different things to try to maintain that like definitely one of the things that we haven't really brought back yet was like we used to try to do kid dates right where yeah. we took them out and do a special thing with each one yeah and i don't think we've done maybe more than one for other yeah, course of the treatment so here and there but they've been so sporadic yeah just because it's harder yeah. to schedule that with everything else so hopefully someday we'll bring those back when there's not you know yeah everything going on but one of the first things we saw though was josiah had a really difficult time after kenzie was diagnosed mm -hmm. uh there was a lot of anger and just like straight up rage um and we've talked before on podcast you know josiah is a very um i say he has a personality like an old man <laughs> you know but he's a very uh routine oriented kid he's a kid that lives by the rules um he's a ki kid that has a plan every single day um he is very, um, you know, rule focused, routine right. focused. And, and, and then that time when we it, first, everything went to heck. Oh yeah. You know? no, it was like, every, <laughs> every three days was somebody new was watching them. So it was like, yeah. you were watching them for three days, then yeah. your mom, then my mom, then me, then yeah. some, maybe a friend would jump in. Um, and it was, the rules weren't consistent because yeah. house rules are fluctuating depending on who's in charge of the home, right? And then, you know, it was today we should be home. Just kidding. Kenzie spiked fever. We're going to the emergency room. And then it was... Right. Yeah. We're going to drop, drop you off at grandma's while I go take Kenzie to get her treatment. So, right. Yeah. And then it was, you know, mom and dad are behaving weirdly because <laughs> we're dealing with sure, our own stuff. Sure. Yeah. And uh, he, for several months, I mean, to the point that we talked about, like Lost going to a behavioral therapist or a counselor or something, because just the amount of anger that we were seeing in him um, was very concerning. Um, just uh, almost scary. Like we, we just weren't really sure how to how to help him or support him or address them. Mm -hmm. And it did finally um, kind of resolve on its own. I think it was once he started school and like we got that. Yeah, aspect that was part too, of so. it. But I think too, just like once he kind of learned that like, just because things were chaotic, it still was okay. We still were coming home. You know what I mean? Like he didn't really understand like Kenzie could die. He just understood that like our life was constantly chaotic and stressful and unpredictable mm, right but oh, and it was frustrating was, for him definitely definitely and but i mean he's now in a much better spot yeah oh yeah Way once better. you know we kind of recognized and understood where that was coming from i think a lot of that 
started to subside, but it was definitely something for a while that we really struggled with, with Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like Adri for the most part has always kind of taken it in stride. Um, you know, I think about like when Kenzie's hair really started to fall out, um, she had like this one spot on the back of her head where she had like no hair. And then the rest of it was like shoulder length. <laughs> well, it was, it like... was so, it was, so that day, I don't know if we should explain it now, but, uh, that day was a perfect day to do it because it was like, we had just gone out for family photos and then like, Oh, that I'm night... not I'm talking about their haircut first. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, the day she lost her hair, that was rough too. But so, <laughs> you know, there was just like this spot where she had no hair and I was like, we've got to get some sort of haircut because this, the situation's looking a little whack. And, uh, so Adri had never wanted to cut her hair. She's going to be Rapunzel. She's going to have hair. That was the longest hair in the whole wide world. Uh, and now in pictures, you will see she has very long hair again. Um, but she decided she wanted to get her hair cut. So she would have been like six, uh, uh, maybe seven, but, uh, she decided she wanted to get her hair cut, uh, and see if we could make it into a wig for Kenzie. Cause she understood that Kenzie's hair was all going to fall out. Um, that was something that we talked about early on mm-hmm. because we knew it was something that was going to be an issue for Adri because her hair is, you know, one of the most important things in the world to her, even though she runs around with it <laughs> like a rat's nest every day. Cause it's, I don't know. We have an issue with the brushing of the hair in our house. It, uh, please send help, <laughs> uh, if you have good solutions for that. But, uh, you know, like, so we knew that that was going to be an issue. And so we had already talked about that. And so when I started talking about Kenzie getting her hair cut, she decided she wanted to get her hair cut too, um, to see if we could have it made into a wig for Kenzie, which never did end up happening, but that, you know, we did end up donating it, but, um, it wasn't made into a wig for Kenzie specifically because for a two year old, that's just not really practical anyway. Uh, so we get there and we're talking, Kenzie gets her hair cut first and Adri thought she was getting her head shaved. Like Adri fully intended to have no hair mm. so that a wig could be made for Kenzie. Uh, and I totally cried about that one too. Uh, that, you know, Adri was so um, concerned for her little baby sister um, that she was willing to, you know, give up her most prized possession uh, for Kenzie. And um, so that was pretty cool. Um, she did end up getting a haircut. She did not shave her head. <laughs> that was a very cute haircut. But, um, but you know, so there's a lot of things I think that like siblings have thoughts about, but they don't um, fully understand or even think to ask sometimes. Um, and so it's important that you do your best to really be open with them and encourage them to ask questions and give them frequent opportunities to ask questions or to talk openly. Um, Cause you never really know you think you had a conversation, um, but you never really know like what's actually, you know, going on. And, um, yeah. So that one was, you know, kind of one of the more lighthearted, funny examples right, yeah, of, you I, know, like a sibling emotion right. situation, but was, uh, go ahead. I was going to share the more, what, probably emotional side yeah. one where it was just that, uh, I think we had lost a puppy from, uh, one of the moms that had mm, their babies had puppies, and yeah. Adri, I don't know, locked in on that. Yeah. And then Kenzie was also going through like high doses at the moment. And I think she came into our room like three or four times. And it was just like, 
Kenzie's just sleeping mom. I checked. She's oh, not yeah. dead. You know, it was yeah. like, and that was hard to get. I mean, even now I'm going to get emotional about <laughs> it because it was like, oh my goodness. Like yeah. you don't want your seven year old to be checking on your three year old to see if it's, she's still if alive. She's alive yeah. Um, I, I, I get it. And I'm glad that she has that compassion, wanted to check on her, but yeah. it was still a bizarre thing to see her trying to be helpful in that way. And, and it was, worried about like, yeah, it was evident and know, and know that her little mind was thinking that this, like any day it's Kenzie potential. might not wake up or whatever. Right. Like the puppy that didn't wake up. So, you yeah. know, it was just like, oh gosh, I don't want her to have to deal with that. And hopefully, I, I don't know, that's, I don't know, easily processed for her and not something that will come back later. But, yeah. you know, hopefully it's... And it is, you know, like you don't know what other kids are saying. So like, you know, one day she came home from her little, you know, co-op thing and was like, my friend said her grandma died of cancer. Like, mm. is Kenzie going to die? You mm. know, so like we've had lots of conversations about that. Um, so that sometimes is, you know, an issue. And, and again, like, you don't really know, like when Adri went through that phase, she wasn't really asking questions like, is Kenzie going to die? But then you could, it was evident that like, it was something that was constantly on her mind for a while of like, I checked and Kenzie is still breathing, you know, or like whatever. Yeah. That was, Um, that was weird to, to, I don't know, be a part of that conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just kind of like, honey, you know. Like if, like I remember having a conversation with her and saying like, Adri, you know, cancer is something that sometimes people die from. Um, Kenzie's been doing very well and we think she's going to continue to do well. But if Kenzie starts to get more sick and the medicine isn't helping her, more than likely we would be in the hospital for a long time and we would know that she was probably going to die and we would have you guys come to the hospital and tell her goodbye and that you love her and, and that. So it, it wouldn't usually be a surprise that, that she would die. So you don't have to worry about checking on her while she's sleeping. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's, she's doing pretty well right now. And so she probably, you know, is, is going to be just fine. Um, so that's not something that you need to worry about. Um, but that was a really, you know, like not a fun conversation to have, um, and not a fun realization to recognize that that was, you know, her fear at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, and kids, I mean, it's a very common experience for siblings to go through all sorts of emotions like that, whether it's fear and anxiety or anger or feelings of, you know, lack of attention, um, or jealousy, you know, I had Sai say a couple of times like, man, I wish I had cancer so I could, you know, eat Chipotle every day or like just whatever. Like, I wish I could, you know, have cancer so I could lay in bed when I say I don't feel well. And, uh, you know, and so, so again, like all of our kids are little, you know, um, but, but it is something that, you know, we've had to have conversations about that too. They're they're watching, they're observing, they're seeing what Kenzie's doing and what they're doing and trying to make, make sense of it all. And, you know, the one thing they know that stands out for Kenzie is that she has cancer. And so it's like, she she didn't have to help clean or do this or that or get in trouble for xyz so why do i have to be the one that upholds this too so yeah sounds like they're awake Uh anyway do you have anything else last minute you want to add um i don't i think don't think so so our intruder the the person of the hour good morning chickadee how are you (laughs) looks like you're playing with play-doh you want to say hi to everybody she just likes to hear her own voice all right, we'll do you want to serenade later. us? Can you sing us a song? 
No. Let it go. <laughs> it's almost time to start singing that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, share this with those that need to need to have a good cry out, and uh, we'll see you in the next adventure. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.